Hey, and there he there he is. <laughs> that is wild. How are you doing? I'm very good with my new iPhone 4 in my hand. <laughs> that is great. So Radio Shack didn't have a good deal on on the. It was uncanny. I I went I went to look um to see if I was eligible. Uh huh. I, I saw this article. Okay. Fifty dollars off. $125 they'll pay for your, um, oh, there's a whole class there. Yeah, uh, they can't, yeah, so wave, wave to Bob. This is Bob in uh, Wells, Maine today. And I was, I, I neglected to get my audio. I needed to get an audio cable, and it's not, I was, a, I was hoping that it would work to um, actually show project or whatever. So you, you went, and what happened? Um, well, it already said they, they gave me 125 for my 3GS, so great deal. That's awesome. And you were you were upgrade eligible? Yes, just like you said. That's so great. I'm telling people today they're very excited. That is great. Uh, they're off to the Radio Shack, Cheryl, and uh, another teacher. Wow, that's so cool. All right. Um, so we need to do just a quick little interaction if you've got like two minutes. Um, whenever you all use an interactive technology like video conferencing, I upgraded the iPhone 4 over the holidays. So this is my friend Bob who is in Wells, Maine. Um, we have to be interactive. We have to talk and not just like ask questions back and forth. So I'm going to uh, give Bob a chance to ask one of you who wants to be a brave soul a question about uh, future teaching. And then... Um, then one of you can pose a question. Bob is one of the most innovative elementary teachers that I've had a chance to meet, and uh, it's so fun to get to actually spend time together. So um, is anybody willing to have Bob, let Bob ask them a question about their future teaching? I didn't know I had Come to on. ask. Well, yeah, sure. We're going we're gonna to put you both on the spot. So the majority of our students are going to be elementary teachers. Um, so right. just introduce yourself Hi. first. Um, here, you can go ahead and hold it. Oh. Hi. Introduce, introduce yourself. Tell them who you um, are. My name is Nora Adam, and I'm actually doing my uh, my certification in ETC sixth grade. But I would really love to teach fourth grade. Oh, well, actually, um, including this class, I've had actually had a few other classes that technology is actually one of the most important subjects to use, to use within the curriculum. And we've learned, like, I would actually love to use um, media like YouTube, and I, I actually learned. Um, there's a thing we learn about voice threads that I think is a great thing to use in the classroom because it allows students to use their imagination and use certain books that they like and actually um, talk about them without feeling uncomfortable that they have to be in front of the classroom to explain what they learned. Yeah. All right. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Anybody willing to come ask Bob a question? So uh, he's in Maine. You may know Maine has laptops. Uh, they've been doing laptops for, what, eight years? Is that how long that was? Uh, no, longer than that, I think, at this point. Um, well, it could be eight years. You could be right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's almost a decade. Almost a decade. Um, anybody be brave and courageous and come out? You can ask him any, any question. He taught... Uh, you started off third grade. He was third and fourth grade um, fourth, yeah. multi-level. So that um, any any question? I know this is all impromptu. You weren't prepared for that. That's okay. Okay. All right. Well, no, no. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually had a really um, interesting question. I know certain schools have lots of um, rules against using like YouTube and like different types of media. 
So how do you go about using, or what's there something that needs to be in your school doesn't allow it? Is there another way that you can go about using media? Can you give them so many access to videos and um, people are trying to not a teacher or something done on If I can't use it, how do I go about showing my students not? Are you talking about like Quiet Tube or the ones like this? Yeah. Oh, and then like Kick YouTube that'll let you download the files too. Yeah, you could download it as well. I'd like to leave the link up for the students, so I just put that link in where it goes. The one that I use is like a gray site, and you just see the YouTube. You can't click on the YouTube or anything. And, uh, right, yeah. Quiet Tube. Right. So. Um, so the, you know, it, it's a big battle. I mean, it's, it's different schools want to lock out certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, different levels. I think, you know, things have come along around where I live in Maine due a lot due to the um, one-to-one laptop initiative. But even like some people, you know, feel strongly Facebook is not for school. Yeah. Um, you know, where other people might feel differently. It's interesting, according to Cheryl Oaks, who's worked at the high school level, she says the high school students say, oh, we don't want Facebook, it's too distracting. Now it's distracting. Um, but yeah, there there are some, you know, a lot of times you, you do some coding or something, you do some fun tape type work and try to fit it in. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, you just got to get on the good side of the IT person and make brownies. That's right. <laughs> Never uh, estimate the positive power of food. That's great. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. I can ask uh, Professor Fryer about any other links that we might need for later on. He can just um, email them to us or just let, him know, let us know specifically which ones. But thank you so much. Yeah, great. All right. Hey, well, so am I in the doghouse with your wife for uh, showing off the four and then providing you with the, the, the place no, to go to Radio Shack? Not at all. We couldn't afford not to do this. Okay. Well, right. it, this is, I wanted to show this today in class because when I was at home Thanksgiving, my uh, sister just had a new baby, two weeks old, okay? My mom is there and we call my uncle and to be able to have this phone and to pass this around and here talk to, you know, here's the baby. I mean, totally transformational compared to how we used to do this with a camera that's, uh, you know, stuck on the top of the thing. Let, let me try that with the lab. I'll oh, yeah. Okay. So now he's, he's doing a little virtual tour. So, because there's two cameras on there. So you can push a button and you can flip it around. And rather than using the camera that faces you, you can face out. So I'm thinking. I still see you, so I can. Yeah, so I can do the same thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll switch. And then now you, we'll, we'll pan. So wave, wave to Bob. What I'm thinking, Bob, and I don't know that, why anybody hadn't jumped on this yet, and maybe we should create this, is we ought to have a, uh, a good little FaceTime wiki, you know, to say who, because I, I thought about this working for AT&T, and especially if you've got corporate people, this, this totally takes it to the level where it could be like, can I have 10 minutes of your day? You know, could you come talk to my class for 10 minutes? 
And being able to do this is so much less intrusive than Skype and all of that. So. Well, I can't, I can't believe how good the audio is. I mean, if I had a class, they could hear this without even... Well, and we were, I was trying to plug in to be fancy, but uh, that didn't work. So um, if we were not behind our tables and we were gathered around, you know, it would definitely be better. But and you said that you can connect right with um, a computer iChat as well? Yes. In fact, I put that link on our uh, curriculum for today. There's software they've released now, which they said they're going to open source. Right now it's beta just for Mac. Uh, but that's how we call my uncle. He doesn't have an iPhone 4, so we downloaded that software. I think it requires Snow Leopard. And then uh, we were able to connect from my mom's iPhone 4 to his laptop. So Can you, can you send me that link? Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's great. I, and actually, if, if you just Google uh, FaceTime, I'll, I'll tweet it to you. Um, actually, I'll show them how to tweet that. I'll tweet you, tweet you the link here. And what, what's cool is uh, a great use of that would be when I go... Um, you know, to a conference, which is, you know, rare, but um, I can actually use my phone and talk to my class from the conference and tap right into, well, we don't have Leopard here yet, but if we had that, that would be amazing. Absolutely. The other thing that I'm thinking is to be able to show this a little bit better, there's a program that Tony Vincent had used to be able to show his screen on the, like to use his webcam. I'm not remembering what it was. Um, anyway, that it would be nice to be able to just at least use the webcam to show this. Like, nothing, you know, this isn't showing up on the screen. But if you've got the audio, you plug the, the audio out, then everyone could hear it. I don't know. We'll have to work with that. But it, that, would, that would be better than nothing on the screen. Obviously, it would be great if you could plug this in and it, and it went out to the projector. We'll have to test that. I've got that, you know, iPhone uh, cable that lets you go video out. So we'd have to taste uh, test it to see. Well, here, do you have a second? Sure. What, what's the temperature today in Maine? Uh, hang on. Let's see if I can multitask and go find out. <laughs> that's right. We could look it up, too. I'm looking it up right now. So that's, that's cool. You can get it. Uh, it's 31 degrees right now. 31. That's about what it was this morning here, wasn't it? Sorry, Just a little 30. below freezing. Yeah, yeah, one of our students is saying we should be doing an AT&T commercial right now. So, okay, we've got a request for lobster. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, my uh, I would I would doubt that this is going to work, but um, this is a fifty dollar cable that um, Apple sells, and it plays videos, but it's limited on how many things go out. So I would I will just be totally and completely shocked if uh we switch here and we see you on the screen. But who knows? Maybe we'll we'll be amazed. No. I'm amazed at the resolution and that there's no lag. Yeah, right. So right now you have to be connected to a Wi Fi network in order to do this. So um the phone call is made on the phone, but you have to be on the on the Wi-Fi. So hey, hang, on, hang on a sec, Wes. We, we just had a teacher walk in. I'll let her uh, experience this. All right. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Where's my money? <laughs> oh, you need some cash. That's right. We were gonna. Pretty cool. We, we were gonna set up a um, way in which they could earn money. Do you all know about Donors Choose? Google Donors Choose right now. 
Donors Choose is a website that lets you set up a donation thing for your classroom. So you say, we're going to, you know, we want a new uh, flip camera for our classroom or we need a new rug for our classroom. And people can make small little uh, contributions and then um, then people, then you can, um, you know, somebody may not give you $100, but they may give you $5 and you get 20 people to do that and you've raised your money. So. Or you can send it to Dylan Clayson of the University of Vermont for tuition payments. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> tuition donations. <laughs> I'm trying to find this little program. Maybe I didn't put it on my machine. Have you used one, Bob, to uh, just uh, basically show a live, a live uh, camera from your eyesight camera? No, um, a live feed? On my iPhone or? Like on, no, on the laptop. Have you used it to, um, like, basically use it as a, as like a document camera? Well, or it, uh, it just uh, makes it, make, shows it, makes it show live. Maybe QuickTime does that. Does QuickTime do that when you just open up a new uh, movie? Perhaps. Or Photo Booth, maybe. Yep, Photo Booth, too. Let's see. Da-da! It does. Okay. So, yeah. So now, at least you guys... And see on the screen. Unbelievable. All right, very cool. I thought there there had to be a way to point, do that. Point it down a little bit, sorry. Oh yeah. Now you're going to see infinite copies of yourself repeating into infinity. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Well, thanks for letting us intrude on your day and yeah. doing a little live demo. My first chance great, to do great it. to check this out too. That's awesome. Right. Well, it's good. Your hand gets tired. Your arm gets tired. Yeah, that's where those tripods, like we were talking about, things because there's and there's different grips that'll grip it. So. Yeah. Very cool. All right. All right. Enjoy. Enjoy, enjoy it. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Wow. I honestly thought you already had that. Really? Yeah. 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 What's up? Waiting, waiting months or I know. Well, yeah. Budgeting. I, I actually was waiting. Broke. I had to go get it. Waiting for for checks and uh, the other thing is, you know, when you upgrade, um, because I uh, I have jailbroken my my device before. Of course, this is also um, recorded now, so somebody else can listen to this. Um, if you, when you go uh, to my blog, if you, like the, the thing that I was trying to show where all of the video would just show up on the screen, when you go to my blog, if, if you uh, put the word Sherman in, um, a guest blogger named Sherman Nicodemus has posted on my blog before and has posted about this important topic, how to use your iPad or iPhone, iPad Touch with an external display. And so um, there's several different ways to do that. Um, this is the program that I was trying to use, but not all programs work. I think when Rachel was here and we demo, or did we demo StoryRobe? Or when we, it didn't show, like when you did the recording and all that. Huh, anyway, okay. Well, welcome to our next to last class. Please make sure you fill out our attendance. Should have said December 6th at the beginning of the recording. Didn't do that because we were just kind of jumping into um, our recording. But we are here today and Wednesday. And then next week is your optional final, which will be online. And you just need to take it by Friday. But if you want to take it earlier, I'm going to have that created by 
the end of the day on Wednesday, and it'll be available, and it'll like op- and uh, it'll open up um, next week. If you if you want to have another go at, at getting one of those scores better, um, by the end of this week, I will have all of your grades in for everything. So you'll be able to look at what your score is. And let's say you got an 80 on one of the uh, tests and your grade is like an 89. And so you see that that puts you over the edge. Um, that's probably how I would think about it. Is, you know, if, it's not, if you're not that close you know, grade-wise, um, it may not be worth it for you to do. There's no penalty for doing it. Okay? You, you, know, you don't do well on it. Oh, well, you, know, you keep your top two grades. So it's up to you on whether you want to do it or not. Well, we are today going to talk about our last assignment, which is our classroom uh, wiki and professional portfolio. And we're going to look at some examples and uh, then talk about what you'll want to put on yours because this is the last thing. And um, I'm going to show you lots of possibilities, but it's not going to have to be super fancy in terms of what you do. It is mainly to have you create a wiki, put text and links, an Im- uh, image, and then uh, embed a video. That's going to basically basically be it. But um, on the topic of videos, I'm going to start by showing you an, a real amazing um, use of mobile technology. And some of, some of you may have felt like this class has, has felt a little bit like a you know, an Apple ad or something like that. Um, I, you know, my, one of my jobs as your teacher is to really try to prepare you for the future classroom technologically. And nobody can guarantee, but if I was a betting man, which I'm really not uh, in terms of casinos, we've got about 100, by the way, in Oklahoma, if you didn't know that, so 95 casinos or something. Um, if I was to you know, place a wager, and I could bet on this, I would bet that by the time you have your first job, students will be increasingly using apps on mobile devices because already we're seeing how powerful apps are, being inexpensive, and, and the power of this, did you all ever watch the Jetsons? Did, did, I mean, you remember Mr. Spacely would beam in and, Jetson! You know, and that was kind of that future vision that someday, you know, we'll be doing these calls. Um, how many of you have used Skype to call somebody um, in another place? Has anybody talked to somebody in another country with Skype? I might have even asked it. What countries have we called in this room? What's that? Japan. France. London, England. India and Pakistan, Israel. Israel. Folks, if I had asked that question three or four years ago, probably nobody would, you know, maybe one person. But uh, I just read an article this weekend about something like 25, they had 25 million people on Skype at the same time uh, recently. And Skype is looking at how they're going to become more of a platform. I mean, Facebook is continuing to evolve. Anybody seen The Social Network, by the way? Seen that movie? Did you enjoy that? I actually thought it was pretty, they kept your attention pretty well. My wife hasn't been to see yet. My son and I did. You know, where is Facebook going to go? I don't know. Where is Apple and Google going to go? I don't know. But I, I do know this. Mobile devices are just going to continue proliferating. And so knowing about apps and what we can do with them um, is, a, is a very good thing. Thinking about how this changes learning, okay? Um, I was in Maine last week in New Hampshire, 
and interviewed, and I haven't published all the interviews yet, but interviewing teachers that were working with North Texas on a, uh, a STEM project, which is science, technology, engineering, and math, trying to get kids more interested in science and technology. You know, one of the things that they said was guest speakers, you know? Can you bring us a guest speaker? Our kids don't know what kind of careers are there, what's possible. So think about this. What does this mean? When more and more people have a thing in their device, a device like this in their pocket, and it would let them video right into your classroom to be able to talk with your kids. Um, oh my gosh, there's, there's lots of possibilities. So your first app share of the day was uh, FaceTime. I'm going to get the names of these next apps, um, and I'm not even going to say any words of introduction. I'm just going to put Kevin on, and I'll tell you a little bit about him. This is a friend of mine, and he just sent me this, uh, actually last night, he, he emailed me this video. Most kids in their lifetime will get a guitar, but most of them won't learn to play it because of blisters. Most kids aren't afraid of blisters. Are there cognitive blisters? kids in the understanding math, calculus, history, I wonder. So when I see an application that, that kids, that might lead kids back to learning, I get excited. This is my iPhone guitar. I bought this in Memphis, and I glued my iPhone to it. Now here's my strap here. I want to show you an app. It was my first app that I found called Poppy Guitar. I love Guitar Hero, don't get me wrong. Our kids are learning to love the hair bands of the 80s, that's cool. But if your daughter rocks at Guitar Hero and I hand her a real guitar, can she play it? No. It hooks her, but it can't cook her. can't get her in the boat, right? So I find this. You actually have to know chords to make this work. So I'm going to put, I'll do a G here. We both lie close together in the still of the night. I'm a town all week, pick your waitress. Although we both fly close together, we feel miles apart inside. I'm at airports doing this. Security gets caught. Free should they please play a fast guitar. <laughs> no blisters. No blisters. I show your granddaughter this. She learns three chords. She can do a hundred songs from the Beach Boys and the 50s, spirituals, Christmas, right? And then I hand her a real guitar and I set the action low. And she goes, I can. I'm going to hit it, but I got it. You know what I mean? That's why I like this. I think we can build bridges. I want to show you a couple more on here. This one's called Ice Shred. <laughs> Let's do this one. You probably never heard of Wild Thing. Is this one called Wild Thing? No? Okay, this is just progressions, not chord structures. So I'm saying, kiddos, we're going A, A, D, 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 D. Wild Thing. My heart sing. You make everything groovy. There are bands doing this. There are schools walking out of the gym for halftime at the game and rocking the house. By the way, this should not replace that. Don't think I think that. I'm going to get the ones I missed anyway. How long until this is real? It is an instrument. Yeah. I don't know. It's something to think about. I want to show you one more app, and then I've got to bring a friend up here to help me do a little concert. I want to show you harmonica. <laughs> I know. You heard of 
don't let just anyone do this to your device. <laughs> There's no hole, but I blow anyway because I'm old. <laughs> Kids told me I blow for a long time. It has a tutorial. For $2.99, this little app has a tutorial that will actually teach me harmonica by putting a dot in front of my lips. And I just, in front of the hotel mirror, follow the dot around until I get it figured out. I'm going to show you one more that's kind of cool. This one's called, how do I do it on time? Five minutes? Five? Ten? Ten for real? Twenty or ten? Ten. Okay, cool. This is called Ocarina. Turns my phone into a woodwind instrument. Take your positions. I know I'm spent. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's kind of cool. This is kind of cool. I was playing for you just now, but I was also broadcasting worldwide. And people don't know me, and I don't know them, but they could hear me, and they could send me love. No one ever sends me love. <laughs> if you get this, and you hear Amazing Grace done badly, it's me. Just click the heart and just give up just a little love. Some days I just sit at my desk and just send everybody love because they're trying to learn. You know? Okay, so I want to try something with my friend um, Howard. Um, Howard uh, from McCrell. He's one of my good friends. Give him a round of applause. He's going to come up here and play drums for me. This thing I'm about to show you here, I wish I could screen share it, but basically on my iPad, and I'm seeing this all over the country, schools are going to carts of these instead of carts of these. $4.99? Think about this. I think in five years, every textbook will be on a device like this. Don't marry Apple. I'm watching the Android stuff, too. Okay, think about the idea. All the textbooks on here, on average, $100 per book cheaper. This pays for itself, possibly, right? We say, screen's too small. Our kids say, screen's huge! Right? This is Drum Meister on here. I just want you to kind of warm up a little bit. Can I get a feel for it there? I'm going to get out my real guitar here. Yeah, not bad. Okay. This is going to be fun. I'm going to use my real guitar. I'm going to call this a little mini traditional concert. Traditional. How you like this? <laughs> traditional business. How many of those guitar picks sitting over there, Ooh, baby. Now, it could be a tune. We'll see. Like you can tell me. Right. Okay, I'm just going to... I'm going to do a little lead in and then just jump in when it feels right, okay? But I could warm up the choir on the way to contest on the bus. See, we're starting to sing. You're playing that with steel, with finesse, right? Okay, so next I'm going to do a little bit faster and see if you can. Are you ready? It's one of my favorites, so that's the one that feels right.
ask them if I could do this, okay? Because you got lighters like do this, okay? There's an app for that, too. My wife and I follow sticks and Ariana's speed wagon around because I like my wife after the concert. She acts 16 again, you know? So I'll drive her anywhere. So we're always in the front row, like doing this. Next day, my knees are like killing me. Okay. So I'm going to try this. It's a little bit slower. I just want to see if you can do this, okay? your neighbor and take 60 seconds to talk about that. Yeah, catch that? I will. Well, good question, and let's talk about how to find out because I've already had um, a request for some information, and I need to find out that information. So I don't know that I'm going to be able to have a full. Well, what app that was? What app did he did he use? Um, I'm going to use Twitter to uh, ask that question and to get that information. Always remember when you're putting your password. A page, make sure you are in the actual password box. If you're in an app and your screen is being shared, you don't want to do that at all because it shows the first character as you type. No. Oh, no. Right. 
Right. The good news is the technology today that's five hundred dollars is probably going to be fifty dollars. You know, in a couple of years. The Android phones are. Right. Yeah, no, everybody doesn't have a smartphone. Everybody doesn't have a laptop. Um, do we need to have these devices in the hands of our students? If you want to preserve the educational uh, paradigm of the 19th century, which is in straight rows with desks, kids silent, not really thinking but being passive, absolutely not. You know, prohibit all devices, prohibit, you know, anything like this. If, however, you believe that learning when it's active uh, becomes more impactful and we want to open up students to a world of opportunities, not just what's in the textbook or what's in the you know, mind of the teacher, there's all kinds of possibilities. So, no, just like Kevin said, don't marry Apple. Don't get this idea that I have to get out, and it's all about the devices. You know, what's, what I find most exciting about that is the music and the passion and the creativity and the chance to share and the chance to hook somebody, right? I've wanted to learn to play the guitar for a long time. I took vocal music and I can sing a little bit, but I, you know, I took a little piano, but not very much. He inspires me to want to find out that app because if I can learn three chords and play hundreds of songs by the Beach Boys, and uh, I think I want to do that, <laughs> you know. So the question is, how can I get that answer? Uh, yeah, I could email and, and find out what Kevin's email, but on your curriculum for today, I have the link to the Tradigital Mini Concert, and it says, by Kevin Honeycutt. That link goes to his Twitter account. Twitter is something that I thought was really dumb when it first came out, and now it is one of the ways I learn almost every single day, if not every single day. And... It is a little hard to get your head wrapped around, so let me show you a practical example of, of how I'm going to use it. So I have logged into my free Twitter account, and you can follow people to see things that they are saying, like Pam Carr and B. Rofi Cat evidently just said something, and Kevin replied to them. He said, at their names, I'm glad. We don't know what that conversation was. But we can send Kevin a message so I can say reply, and it says at Kevin Honeycutt, and I'm going to say what app did you show first in the uh, tra digital um, guitar and drum concert? All right. Now, in addition to giving that question, I'm going to also copy the link to this, and I'm going to paste it in. And the reason is, some other people follow me, and they might be interested in seeing that, and I will provide a little bit more context for that by putting that link in rather than just asking that question. So when you go to people's Twitter um, accounts, you will see, and you know, I am really not caring about following Lady Gaga or, you know, Justin Bieber or uh, who, who's the... Um, Oh, well, I'm not even going to think of other contemporary. I, I don't really care about Oprah. Uh, you know, here, how many people does Oprah have? Oh, my gosh. These people are in mainstream media. And, yeah, maybe I want to, you know, 4.6 million people follow Oprah. Okay, great. Um, that's mainstream media. I gassed my car last night, and it said, follow us on Facebook. I'm like, why would I want to follow the gas station on Facebook? I don't care about that. All right, what I do care about is connecting with other people who are sharing ideas, who are educators, who are working with kids, 
because, oh my gosh, I only get to see Kevin, you know, a couple times a year if I'm lucky, and I, you know, I would love to get to hang out with him more. Twitter for me is about wanting to hang out with other people's brains, um, because if you want to get better, you got to hang out with people who are better than you. Right, And I don't care how many years you've been doing whatever you're doing. Teaching, playing the guitar, singing, um, studying biology. You can always get better. And the best way to get better is to hang out with other people who are better. So um, Kevin's got 2,600 people following him. We can click on that um, and see um, those people. We can also see the people that he is following. Um, he's listed on 114 lists. So these are lists that people have created. For instance, here's somebody that created one um, that's called um, Small Town Marketing. That's kind of interesting. And so he, uh, Steve Glasser, has a list of people that are into small town marketing. Kevin lives in a small Kansas town called Inman. And um, so Steve uh, is is following people and has created lists. So um, how many of you are on Twitter now? Anybody on it? I uh, didn't put this in as a part of our curriculum. Say so you have to, you know, use Twitter. We used it to the uh, extent that we made our screencast because you did the screener screencast. But I got to just at least throw in a little bit. The other thing that I need to do is I need to send Bob Sprankle a link. And so I'm going to Google Bob Sprankle Twitter. And so he'll his Twitter ID will come up, which is just Bob Sprankle. And so. He asked the question. Anybody remember what he asked for? FaceTime, right? And so right here in our curriculum, it says also software. Here's the software. This is what Bob asked for. This is the download link for free. Uh, if you have a Mac, that you can run FaceTime. Apple said they're going to open source that. Bless you. So I uh, expect that that will be available on a Windows platform too at some point. So now I'm going to click just under any of these messages. It doesn't matter. The reply button, and it automatically... Uh, Oops, that didn't format that right. Um, I guess I did not under a, one of his retweets. Here's a message that he sent. Anybody know what the Photo 365 project is? You heard about that? Yeah. What is it? It's a picture a day. Picture a day, right? Share a picture a day. So Bob has been doing that now for a little over a year, and just every day he just shares one picture. We went to a thing uh, in Portsmouth, New Hampshire on uh, Saturday night called the Candlelight Stroll. And they had all these old, you know, kind of colonial era buildings. And there were, was uh, a band uh, playing. It, I actually recognize that picture. Uh, normally I wouldn't do that. But that was the picture that he chose to post. Um, and I think I'm going to do that uh, 365 project. What happens if you take a picture every day and share it for 365 days in a row? What's going to happen? Like what dynamic is, is going to happen there just naturally if you are doing that? What's that? It's going to become a habit. What else? What do you think is going to happen to your photography skills? You're going to get better, right? Because you've established a routine and a habit of doing something repeatedly. And the neat thing about this is, too, there's other people doing it. You get to see their pictures. You get to see what they do. Uh, you start to look at the world differently. Okay? This is the most powerful phone I've ever had, uh, but it's not just a phone. This is really a computer. When I landed last night in Oklahoma City, uh, Sarah got to fly first class. My 10-year-old was so cool. I got the upgrade. I gave it to her. Um, they came on the phone or on the speaker and they said... Um, Cell phones can be used, but not personal computers. I was like going, oh, hello, <laughs> what do you think this is? 
you know, the video that I captured on the trip was primarily with this. This is the best video camcorder that I've ever owned. This is a high definition video camcorder. So anyway, do you have to do this? No, of course not. But there's thousands of people around the world doing this, uh, sharing their photographs and thinking about photography and uh, sharing a little bit of their day, sharing a little bit. Sometimes people are writing little summaries. Bob says he knows more about his neighbor across the street than ever because his neighbor will write a little par- uh, paragraph or a couple sentences that go with the pictures um, that he does each day. Yes? And I was just tell you that um, the video part is the best part because, like, my son, he can't text to, you know, and schools should be providing this, right? Today, we do, this is Cheryl Oaks, who's another main educator that I know who's a friend of Bob's. And this, her slideshow is linked off of her site. So we can just kind of scroll through this and it'll uh, just show us her images. We don't think about pencils, really, in school being a big deal anymore, do we? You know, you don't bring a pencil? That's okay. Here, I've got one for you. Uh, pencils are ubiquitous. They're the tool that everyone has. So what do we get to use? We all use a pencil if we need to. So technology is going to become that way soon, um, hopefully in the schools that where you're looking and you're interviewing for. You know, the film strip, anybody remember a film strip projector? Did you actually have a teacher use a film strip projector? Anybody? Did that make the teacher great? Oh, it was great. The way she loaded that film on the film strip projector. Okay, I'll tell you a great film strip projector story. When I taught fourth grade, um, I had a student who we got to pick our research projects for the end of the year. And, you know, do any of you have experiences or have uh, know people who at the end of the semester is movie time in school? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Not only is that a violation of the law of copyright, because you can't just use a film for pure entertainment purposes, uh, although nobody's probably going to sue them or get in trouble. What a waste of taxpayer time and a, t- and a waste of learning, right? Just go home. If you're not going to try to help somebody learn, why are we even, you know, it's because we're paid today by how many hours we warm our seats rather than what we learn. At the end of uh, the fourth grade year, my kids were, were working on their projects, and this one student had done hers about the civil rights movement, and um, we had checked out film strips from the library, and she learned about water cannons being turned on, um, marchers and protesters, um, dogs being released to attack protesters who were protesting for equal treatment. I mean, I remember tears coming down. I'll get emotional talking about it. Um, you know, coming down her face. Oh my gosh! Okay, it wasn't the film strip projector. It just—it's so powerful. No, it was the ideas. It was what we were talking about, what we were learning. So, don't get overly excited about the tool. You know, it's easy to do that. You know, oh, it's so pretty. It's so fancy. What are we going to do with it? I mean, my friend Bob was just in our classroom today, answering questions and talking because we had a tool that let us do that. So think about the way that it's used, not just the fact that, that we have the tool. Um, I want to send this link to Bob. So can anybody tell me what you think might be a problem? How many characters do I get here? 127 more. 
Yeah, I get 140 basically. So here's the link to uh, FaceTime software for Mac. I think it requires Snow Leopard, which is the latest version. Okay, I have 47 more. If I paste in this link, it'll fit. But anybody used a URL shortener before? Okay, one of the one is called tinyurl.com. Have you heard of this before? Mm-hmm. It just makes the URL shortener shorter because if you're going to text it to somebody or you're going to put it in a tweet, you might not want this really long address. I mean, look at how long the address is down you know, to some of our pages on our website. So if I go to tinyurl and I say make tiny, it has made this address bounce to the long address. So when somebody puts in that, it bounces to the longer address. And it can be super long. So that's what I'm going to paste here into my tweet. And now, anyone who is following me and wants to um, find out what are, what are they talking about here, they can actually click on the link and it makes it shorter. My favorite URL shortener is actually called Bitly, just B-I-T-L-Y, and it makes short links. And the favorite tool that I have for using Twitter, both on the iPhone and then also the desktop, is called Hootsuite. And they have a free version. They also have a paid version, which I they have paid for the app. They just they like like a lot of things. They'll be free, and then you can add additional features. What this allows me to do is just track a lot of different conversations that I want to um, track and follow. So I have a lot of people in my Twitter feed, and I don't oftentimes, I mean, I never read all of this. But here are people who have replied to me. Here's my dad, who just said, best wishes with my proposal, because I'm going to do my dissertation uh, defense proposal practice on Wednesday. I can reply to these people. And then a conference. I was just in Manchester, New Hampshire at their conference. This is the Twitter tag that people used. So all of these different posts by different people were uh, are, are aggregated or able to be pulled in here. Um, and really the easiest way to think about that is Twitter has a search. So you can go to search.twitter.com and put in a tag that you want to search for. This was the Krista McAuliffe uh, Technology Conference. And who is Krista McAuliffe? Yep, first teacher in space, but unfortunately was a challenger. Um, in 86 and the, uh, the shuttle blew up and so her mom has come to this conference every year except this year to actually introduce and welcome everybody they had a great video of her it's named in her honor so here are the, these are conversations surrounding that uh, conference in Manchester, New Hampshire and so what's great is not only can I see what people are posting and writing I can also click on them and I could follow them all right so uh, here's Pamela McLeod, who's from Alton Bay, New Hampshire. Click follow. This ties in well with what we're going to talk about today as far as professional portfolio because you need to think about how you want to present yourself professionally to the world. When I was working at Texas Tech University from 2001 to 2006, we were having some students make portfolios, but when it came to the interview process, most principals, they didn't look at it. They didn't look at it. 
Does anyone here have a story about something that's been posted online that kept someone from a job or kept someone out of a sorority or fraternity or anything like that? Have you heard those kinds of stories? I see a couple nods. When I was in the northwestern part of Oklahoma, did I I tell you this story already? The counselor told the story about the student applying to the sorority. Have I told you this? No? Okay, so um, this is Alva, Oklahoma. Google Alva real quick. Find out where that is. A-L-V-A. Alva, Oklahoma. We can go to, go to our Google map real quick and we'll click zoom out. You can kind of get a picture where this is. It's very close to the Kansas line. This is the Kansas border. Very close to the panhandle. All right. Alva up here. Small town. 900 kids in all their uh, schools. They have five schools. And I talked to all their kids that day in different groups about Internet safety. The counselor says, I have a student. She applied to go to Oklahoma State University. But the sorority she was applying to went on Facebook and looked for her name and found a lot of things that led them to say, I don't think our sorority is for you. Okay? So we hear probably more bad stories than we do positive stories about what people find online. It is a myth that everything that happens online is bad. <laughs> we tend to hear that the most in the news. But you know, we started off the year, I think, with the uh, digital dossier video. Remember that? Thinking about with my sister, who just had her second child, I was thinking about digital dossier actually over Thanksgiving because we went up to her house in Kansas City, and I was thinking about that. Right, um, Gage's name is not on this. But I'm, I was thinking about, wow, what, what, what a world, you know, Gage, or um, that's Cole, sorry, Gage is, is uh, Gage is three. So his, his digital footprint is beginning already. Everything that goes online um, and that happens online, there's so much positive, Right. How many of you uh, did use Facebook at all over the holiday with Thanksgiving? Okay, I mean, I mentioned that when we were Facebook or FaceTiming Bob, you know, my first chance was cousins are in another town, but we were all together. So what did we do? We called them. And normally we used to pass the phone around. Now we still pass the phone, but we pass the video camera. So we need to think about professionally how we are going to represent ourselves because when you google yourself if you you know do that now go to google put in your name how many of you have an unusual name what does it mean to have an unusual name in the day of google you're going to more likely come up right away okay um my middle child sarah okay there is a sarah fryer in the uk Who's on Facebook? All right, my my ten year old is not is not on Facebook. Okay, this is some this is a Sarah Fryer I think that lives in the UK. But look at this images for Sarah Fryer. One, two, three. Oh, what's this? Oh wow, there's Sarah and I last October 
with Angus King, the former governor of Maine, who initiated the one-to-one laptop project. And why is that image on there? Why is it Googleable? Well, it's because that image itself was it was tagged that way, okay? If I click on this picture, how is this put into Flickr? Oh, Angus King, Wesley and Sarah Fryer. And by simply having that title of that image, that became a discoverable, Googleable, searchable image. All of us need to take a lot of care in not only what we publish online, but also what we have others publish online. And there's a lot of positives that can come, but there's also negatives that can come as well. So, um, what I have done for you, well, and and talking about Twitter, you know, you decide what is it that I want to reveal about myself? What is it that I want to let other people know about? Bob and I were talking about this this weekend. At one time, it was like everything was anonymous. You know, we had anonymous accounts and we didn't, you know, we, thought we, we needed to be anonymous. Kids have more trouble today with not the anonymous part and a stranger part, but the face-to-face part. Um, one of the articles that I just retweeted yesterday was a New York Times article about bullying. So if you go down in my Twitter feed, Here it is. As bullies go digital, parents play catch-up. Worthwhile New York Times article. I I said who linked to it for me, and then here's the link. Parents struggle as bullies go digital. This is New York Times, December 4th. Okay. How many of you know of a situation of some kind of bullying that's happened on Facebook or that's happened with um, something with text messaging? Okay. It's incredibly common. Why? Because bullying is common. It didn't start because we had text messages. It didn't start because we had Facebook. We need to be having conversations about these issues and helping parents address them. And simply saying, no, you can't go on the computer ever, you know, is not going to be a good, a good response. Um, we've got to decide what it is that we want to share about ourselves. Kevin, who I've linked... Um, to here has his name and his location and then he has a website. Today we're talking about your professional web presence and what I'm going to encourage you to do but of course not require you to do is to think about creating a space for yourself where you define yourself professionally and where you you know, get to try some things out, try some different tools and some different resources and link to things. But you basically create your digital footprint because when that principal does Google for you or when other people on your teaching team Google for you, what are they going to find? We just saw that video with Kevin Honeycutt. Here is his website. He's created his website with a software program called iWeb, which is a Mac program. We are going to be using probably Wikispaces in order to create. But, you know, what is it that we can learn about somebody when we go to their site? Uh, Kevin's got a lot of images, a lot of visuals. um, And this is not a wiki, but it is an example of a digital footprint 
And that's what I want to start uh, encouraging you to think about today as we learn how to uh, and talk about how to how to create our own web presence. So, on our I'll do Audible next week. I was going to talk about Audible too, but I'll do that next. Oh, next week. Won't do next week. I'll do it Wednesday. Um, if you would click on the link on our handout that says uh, Classroom Wikis and Professional Portfolios. Oh, and I guess I need to do the, the sign up. Next Wednesday, um, we will. I'll answer questions and and see if there's some other things you want as far as the wiki stuff. I'm going to have um, the requirements for your wiki, which is basically just going to be some links, an embedded video, and at least one image. It's going to be basic. It's not going to have a ton of stuff. But the main part of next week is I would like us to to come up and just share a little bit of our scratch projects of what we've learned. So in our class, before now, I have just given you a link to say sign up, and you did that, but I didn't show you how to create that. So what I'm going to do right now is create a quick sign up, and I'm going to show you um, how that works, and then we'll talk a little bit about the wikis. Everything we've used in this class on our Powerful Ingredients site is a wiki. Okay? I have not edited these on my laptop with separate software. I have used a web browser, usually Firefox, to edit it. Links, videos, some images, all of this has worked on a wiki. For the second lesson we ever had, it said, click here to sign up. And you all signed up for the uh, presentation that you wanted to do for your Pecha Kucha. What I'm going to do right now, just to demonstrate this, is I signed into Google, and Google Documents is this environment where you can create spreadsheets, you can create word processing documents, you can create presentations, you can even create drawing documents. Next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, I'm actually teaching a class in Oklahoma City just on Google Documents and Google Earth and Google Math or Maps. I'm, I'm uh, webcasting it so that people who aren't in Oklahoma City can come and see it, and I'm doing it for people there. What I'm going to do right now is just go down to Spreadsheet, and I'm going to say I'd like to create a new spreadsheet, and I'm going to call this Scratch, Share, Sign Up, and then what? Today's the 6th, so that'll be the 8th on Wednesday. 8 December 2010. Um, I'm going to say name and title of Scratch Project. All right? And I'm just going to um, share this so that we can sign up. Right now, at the top, it says this is private only to me. And, of course, I had to create a Google account in order to do this to start with. So you have to have a Google account, just like we did with Google Maps. When I click that link, private to me, it gives me some choices. Would I like to change who has access? Sure I would. I want anyone who has the link to be able to see it. And the other thing I'm going to do on this one is I'm going to let anyone edit it. That means you will not have to log in. You will simply click the link and you'll be able to sign up for... um, the Scratch Project sharing. Now, before I do that, I actually might um, do one other thing, and that is put numbers. Well, they're already there, I guess. I was going to say I could put... Well, I don't have to do it on this one. Um, Maybe I'll just do some colors. 
Anything that you can do with Excel, basically, you can do with a Google spreadsheet. There's a lot of other possibilities of things that you can do too. That's what I want. All right. An enduring challenge for you teaching with any kind of web technology is going to be this. How do I get the kids the link? Okay? At the top, I have a link. That link is short, long, what do you think? It's ridiculous. (laughs) It's insane. There is no way you would want someone to type that. Okay? So, we could use tinyurl. Okay? I could use tinyurl.com. I could put in the link, make it tiny, and now anybody who goes to that address could go to it. Another trick about tinyurl that's nice is you can try to come up with a custom alias, which means a custom word. So if I say UNT Scratch, I wonder if anybody has used that before. They have. It's not available. Oh, look at that. Nobody's ever used that before. So if you put in, you could do this right now on your computer. Hello. That's okay. I'm sorry it was off. If you put in the address tinyurl.com slash UNT Scratch, you'll go there and you can sign up. Okay? It will bounce you to that address. The, the modeling that I've done in this class to use a wiki, I think is a best practice, and that is that, hey, we need to go to a link. How do we know where to go? We always just go back to our class wiki. So I'm going to edit this page right now, and on our links for today, um, I'm going to add sign up for a scratch share. And we may not be able to get through everyone. I hope that we'll be able to next time. Um, And this is going to be quick. This isn't a big deal. You're not going to get a grade. If you absolutely don't want to share your project, you don't have to. But I know that we're going to learn a lot when we share together. So that link is now accessible for everybody. You can refresh the page, press F5 on your browser. F5 is the shortcut on a Windows computer that just refreshes or reloads or click reload. And now you can see the link. Sign up for a scratch time and go ahead and put your name and um, your scratch project on there. And I don't know, do you all want to randomize that next time? I don't know. Think about that. We'll probably just let volunteers go first, whoever wants to share. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, and then we'll, we'll, I'll print those and we can draw those out. So don't feel like if you put your name at the top, you're going to be you know, going first. That won't be the case. All right. So on our handout for today, we also have this link that I ask you to click on at one point that says Classroom Wikis and Professional Portfolios. I've got the definitions between a blog and a wiki. I think you've probably heard people say, oh, blog's a diary. Well, not always. You can use a blog for a lot of things. Blogs are always time and date indexed, all right? The last post I wrote was about the Google Tools workshop that I'm doing, okay? If I scroll down the page, I'm going to see other posts that came earlier than that. You know what Chester Greenwood Day is? Chester Greenwood's the inventor of the earmuff. Saturday was a parade in Farmington, Maine for Chester Greenwood. 
who employed people for 60 years because he had his his uh, manufacturing uh, spot there. There's a good old Chester. So if you don't live in Farmington or visit, you probably wouldn't know that. But they had a big parade for him. Two parades all year there. One for the 4th of July. One's for Chester Greenwood. So um, a wiki I think of more as a document that we create together. And you have already in our class seen some examples of some different wikis. One of the assignments that I had for you, we watched, didn't we, uh, Peak for a Week, Rachel Boyd, that was one of the classes. And this was her wiki that she created for different activities in wiki spaces. Friday, when I was in Yarmouth, Maine, I had a chance to meet Julie Rains. And Julie is a biology teacher. And her wiki is amazing. She's been doing this uh, just for a year. She teaches um, genetics and biology. Her kids were doing an in-class lab. Um, You see examples of surveys. Did you all know there's some things that you have to have certain DNA to be able to test or to taste? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they've got these little, like, strips of paper, and you can taste them, and, you know, that tells whether you got that DNA or not. So this was the tasting survey. So they're using Google Forms here, like we did when we were evaluating each other's Pecha Kuchas for feedback. And so she has a link to that. You can go over here on the sidebar. One of the nice things about Wikispaces is it creates these links over here to the side. So basic biochemistry. Um, all these little things with a little arrow means it's going to be something going out to a different web page. There's a lot of videos. There's a lot of interactive... Look at that. Would you have not loved to have had something like that when you were taking chemistry? My chemistry teacher was terrible. He retired the year after um, I took it. And I just, I really, you know, who knows? I mean, I'm happy with how my life has gone. But if I had a better chemistry teacher, wow, there might have been some different possibilities for me. You know what I'm saying? Teachers make a big difference. with The way in which you turn somebody on to a topic or turn them off to it, you know, can have a big impact. So two big categories of wikis. I would call this a classroom wiki because this is instructional. These are links to stuff. They're studying in class. Look at the calendar. She's made a Google calendar. And you can click on these things and get more information. We've got this on our assignments too. A way to stay up on what's happening in our class. I can subscribe to it. This is a class wiki. What I'm going to encourage you to do is to create a professional wiki. And so I have links to three different uh, wikis here. I'll close some of these other windows. To Rachel Boyd's, Andrea Smith's, and Tom Barrett's. Is there anybody here who thinks it might be fun to teach internationally? Anybody thinking about that? My wife taught for three years in Germany. She taught for the Department of Defense, but she had never dreamed about that. She'd lived her whole life in Lubbock, Texas, except she was born in Canadian, and somehow learned about this idea that you could go teach overseas, applied, and in like six months, she's living in Germany, and she lived there for three years and taught. There are international schools that are looking for teachers all the time. I did not know about this, but since I've had a chance to travel some different places, oh my gosh, where would you like to go? Now, you know, 
I won't. There, there's big variance in schools too, right? There's a lot of poor schools hiring. There's also wealthy schools hiring. There's all kinds of experiences. But Andrea Smith is a teacher in Taiwan. One of the places you see really good examples of professional portfolios is among international teachers because they are marketing themselves usually almost every three years to a different school. There's a lot of movement in the international school area. So, do you need to make a wiki for this class like this? No, you don't. Okay? I do not even have to use your name when you make your wiki. Um, but as you can see, she called hers Andrea Smith, and she used a site called Weebly. I'm going to recommend Wikispaces, but it's up to you where, where you're going to do it. I'm going to want you to at least embed one video, okay? at least have one link, and at least have one picture. We're going to have all of that on there. But you decide what you're going to put. She has got an introduction about herself, what she brings to a school, the certification she has, so kind of a little bit of a, of, a, of a resume. And then she's got some examples. Here's some things that I have done. We did an inquiry through investigation activity. Click here to download the teaching sample, probing for student understanding. There's her resume that she's actually put online, and then other websites that she um, recommends. These aren't her websites, but these are ones that she recommends. Um, you can see that there's a drop-down menu. This looks kind of snazzy, doesn't it? Yeah, and guess what? Weebly does that for you. You don't have to figure out how to code all that. You pick the template, and then do I want my links at the top, or do I want them over on the side? Rachel Boyd has a more traditional portfolio as far as links, I guess, because it's in the sidebar. A lot of Wikispaces do, but you get to decide how you want your links. But in both cases here, we have information professionally about this teacher. Okay. Um, in some cases, it looks like the, this teacher tube site that that you know page has been taken off. That that video is not available. Um, you know this one is this one is available. Um, I want you to take a look at these. Here's a, a third one. I thought this was kind of wild, and I had not seen this until September when I was in Memphis. Tom Barrett is a primary teacher in the UK in the United Kingdom, and so he is using this uh, site called Flavors.me. So I can we can click here and. Um, see his blog so he keeps a blog and he's got a link here to a Google map isn't that cool showing the snow depths that are in the United Kingdom um, so the link there we can click on Twitter and that's showing updates that he's done with Twitter he's participating in a 365 project so you know what that is now uh, except it looks like maybe not now it looks like he finished in August so he wrapped up but these are, are his pictures um, he's on Flickr, LinkedIn, which is a website really for resume sharing. And then he uses social bookmarks, which is a way of saving favorites. And he's got links to, uh, links to those. Um, and so there's, there's a link to Stuck in the Snow, Class 5's blog. Oh my gosh, look at that. In Literacy Today, we'll be writing some rhyming couplets to create a, stand, a shared poem titled Stuck in the Snow. It is based upon the sick poem by Shel Silverstein. We have to imagine we are stuck in the snow. We cannot get to school for various reasons. Write a single rhyming couplet and post it as a comment. On this post, here is one idea. So this is a posturous blog that they're using for students to be able to post comments, to be able to do their writing, to be able to share. And just a few years ago, it was really hard to, to set this kind of stuff up. Um, again, the technology itself is what not is what what's most exciting. I think it's the ideas. 
You know, it's the learning. And being able to connect in this way to other people to get ideas and to share is really, really powerful. So, your assignment is going to be to create a wiki of some kind. And I have different platform options listed. I would encourage you to go ahead and use the Wikispaces for Educators site because it will take all the advertising off for you for free. And it also would let you have the upgraded option of having a private protected wiki and you don't have to pay for it at all. Wikispaces is great for education. And this is a spot I would recommend that if you're not sure, just use Wikispaces because it's very flexible um, and it's, uh, it's uh, one of the most, I would say, flexible is a good word, one of the most flexible um, sites that you can use for that, for, for creating a wiki. Um, you don't have to, right. I mean, I'm showing you different examples, Weebly, Google Sites. I've got links to uh, seven different choices. Um, you also don't have to do this, and I, I debated whether to have that as a unit, and it didn't work out. Uh, Glogster, have you heard of Glogster before? So one of the example sites that I have was Maria Nee's site. And Maria uses Glogster to create this, all right? This interactive page where I move my mouse over and it circles. Oh, yeah, let's read an online book. How did Maria do that? These are just links, but that previous page was created with Glogster. And so with Glogster, your whole site can be on Glogster or you can make a Glog, which like we see on Maria's site, is an embedded set of media. You can have videos in there. Um, She's basically just using it as like a hot list that's a little bit more interactive. But that's how she created it. You can see Glogster EDU. They they say, think of it as like a poster. It's a multimedia poster. But it does stuff. You know, you have animations. And you can have videos and audio and things like that in it as well. Okay? So I want you to create um, your wiki. You decide how you want your wiki to be organized. Um, How are you going to learn how to create your wiki or to make links on your wiki? Time's up. You're going to have to. We're going to have to look up with a one. Yeah, you're going to go to the help. Okay. You have already had good experience with our blog making links. All right. Embedding, putting a video. It's the same thing. All right. And next week, I'll we'll answer some other questions that we have. So. You're right. I keep saying next week. Wednesday, our last day. So, good luck studying for the rest of your finals. Be safe. We'll see you on Wednesday. And I will catch up on all my email today because I'm behind.